Red Sox fans came out to Waltham to pay respects to Jerry Remy, the Red Sox Hall of Famer and 33-year broadcaster who they say will be impossible to replace. We have so much love and admiration for this man. The booth without him, it's, I just can't imagine. I'll miss him big time. Remy entertained and educated fans for three decades. Great guy. We're going to miss him terribly. We've spent every night with him and we're going to be very lonely from now on. The former second baseman died at the age of 68 after a long fight with lung cancer, a battle that inspired his fans. I think we looked up to him because he beat this cancer so many times and he still um, plugging along, kept saying, I'm not ready to go yet. I'm not ready to go. I'm going to gonna be around. I'm going to show them. And boy, he did. He fought right to the end. We love him. We miss him. We love the Red Sox, too. Remy will be laid to rest in a private ceremony Friday. Reporting from Waltham, Megan Adelini, The Boston Herald. back of my throat was so fucking swollen i couldn't breathe it was fucked man i like woke up and i think the fact that i couldn't breathe is what actually woke me up and i ended up having to take a benadryl thank fuck my woman was there again because she was there a couple weeks ago when i had my collapsed lungs like two things in a couple weeks where i felt like i was fucking dying man brutal steve Steele, ladies and gentlemen What's that story? Thank God you had Benadryl. Yeah. So yeah. Thank God you had Benadryl. Yeah, big time, big time. I don't like. I don't even know what I would have taken otherwise. Advil or Tylenol? What does the swelling down? It's Advil, right? Is it Tylenol? Uh, yes. My uh, girlfriend here to the right of me uh, used to work as a farm tech or went to school to be a farm tech, and she tells me it was Advil that reduces yeah, the swelling. So yeah. I my don't in- know shit. So my instinct would have been correct but i was also probably like five minute drive from uh qe2 given what time of night it was probably only would have been five minutes but yeah man it was fucking trippy trippy as hell the collapse lung was scary too because it was like i i finished eating and you could joke it was heartburn but it was the other side of my chest so I was like, what the fuck? What is that pain? And it just kind of like went lower and lower and lower. And it was like excruciating. One of the worst pains I've ever felt in my entire life. And that knocked me out for a few days. But yes, as I've mentioned before, Steve Steele joining me. Watching the Leafs game, you said? Yeah. Yeah, I, I might turn it off, though. We're up to nothing. And Vegas is down like eight players. So they're not really putting much of a fight. So it's not very interesting. Yeah, Vegas so, is Vegas is suddenly we'll see, a dumpster fire. It, man. it doesn't look great right now. It's, I mean, it looks good for the Leafs. It's just not a great hockey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, losing top five, four of your top six will probably do that to most teams. So, yeah. Fair fucking enough, man. Fair fucking enough. Let's start with that, though. What the hell is wrong? I shouldn't say what the hell is wrong, because I think if you guys win tonight, winning record, 
So, I mean, it's a good little turnaround after the shit start you guys had to the season. It's three, it's three in a row if we win tonight. I mean, yeah. thing, I still don't believe in this team. I don't <laughs> believe in these guys. I don't believe in this team. Um, they, 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 they're getting, like, the to play. And I don't mean that – I mean, Lone Behold will probably play the ID Ducks soon, but, like, Pittsburgh down seven guys. We get them. We get Chicago, who's a literal, actual dumpster, garbage pit fire. We beat – who did we beat last game? I don't remember who we beat last game. We, we play so frequently. We played on Saturday. We played um, – who the hell did we play on Saturday? Anyway, we won that game on Saturday. I don't remember uh, who we Blackhawks? Blackhawks? Was it the Blackhawks on Saturday? No. I, I, know, I know you guys kicked them when they were down. We'll get to that in a minute too, but um, I don't no, remember. the Blackhawks. I watched the NBC feed of the Blackhawks game, so it wasn't the Blackhawks we played. Um, Red Wings. We beat the Red Wings. There we go. The Red Wings, who are a little bit better, but I, I wouldn't say they're Stanley Cup contenders. And you're like, oh, here's a real test in Vegas coming in. And then you're like, oh, Vegas is missing four of its top six and one of its best defensemen. Yeah. So, like... Mm, but hey, we got Tampa. I think on uh, next. I don't know when we play Tampa. I think Thursday, and even Tampa's half crippled right now. So I mean, look, man. If all these breaks can go the right way for the Leafs, maybe they can make the playoffs due to it. But I don't see this team going any further than any past teams. Uh, we re-signed Morgan Riley for another eight years. It's seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> that contract's going to age like milk. I'm looking forward to that. But hey, he took a discount to say because Seth Jones got nine and a half millions. So we're all happy about it. Oh man. Market value. Oh, I fucking hate hockey term. I hate it so much. Also, just give me a second, brother. Do, do, do. I blame Batman. Right. Everything, yeah. everything everything has to do with the um with the salary cap and everything is market this, market that, market this, market that. So yeah. it's just, it's just, yeah. So what's the healer? Cause I mean, we've seen teams over the last few years circumvent the cap and find a way to maximize their abilities, if you will, i.e. Um, Tampa last year. Like what's, what's the uh, solution for you? Obviously a free open model is not going to work in hockey. We'd see teams literally dissipate off the face of the planet. What kind of salary do you think hockey's perfect? What kind of salary cap structure do you want to see? I, I think the NBA salary cap is the best thing for everybody involved. I think the luxury tax system is easily the best way to do it. Um, you got teams like Arizona and God knows what other Sunbelt team like Count Bettman put out there that like struggles financially. I know Tampa's doing well right now, but winning back-to-back Stanley Cups will make any franchise at any sport or back-to-back world championships or whatever you want to call it will make any team hot for a moment. But the moment the lightning go in the tank, the lightning will be back, like, you know, sucking dick and selling car washes to sell season tickets. So, I mean... Look, the first Stanley Cup that the Lightning ever won was 2004. If you're a hockey guy, you know. If you don't know, I'll explain. 2004, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The owner was over the hood of a car washing cars to sell season tickets during that season. Can you imagine such a thing with a team like that in Toronto? Something like that actually occurring? Like MLSE not charging you $65,000 to sit in the nosebleeds? And if you're lucky, maybe they'll let the beer tap leak on your forehead twice for an additional $500. So meanwhile, in Tampa, it's like, hey, we'll wash your car, suck your dick, and... And we'll walk your dog if you simply just buy a season ticket. Season tickets are now on for $29.99 if you want to sit behind the home bench. I don't mean $29,000. I mean $29.99. Please come support this poor hockey team because it's Florida and all Florida sports tank except for, like, you know, college sports. But 
Meanwhile, it's like MLSC is actually the, 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 the burnout on the Leafs is so bad now that you can get like 20% off three game pack tickets for like Leafs games. Now the emails are leaking out. Like the team that sold out every game through like the absolute dregs of the dark ages that were basically the better part of the last two decades. And like now they can't sell at home games. Like when, when we were, when we were went to 23 games a year. Everyone was like, oh, I'll go to every game. Fuck it. Whatever. But now like they're a playoff team with generational talent that just can't get it done in the playoffs. Like, I don't know if I want to pay the money to go see these guys. Now all this talent that we always dreamed of having all these years. I don't know, man. Where's my Ponikarovsky? Like, you know, I really like that guy scoring eight goals and 14 assists in 82 game seasons. What oh, a rock star he was. Saturday so, night memories. Oh, that's a name and a half. Jesus Christ. Ponikarovsky. Yeah. Woo. I mean, I liked one, but that's the thing with Leafs fans. We don't like our super duper stars. Like we all like Matt Sundin. Don't get me wrong, but we're not there for our super duper stars. Right now, the biggest Apple in Leafs fans' eye is Michael Bunting, some rookie that makes nine hundred fifty thousand dollars a year because he's like a poor man's Darcy Tucker, and we fucking love Darcy Tucker in front of Leafs land. So, like, you know, like, oh, Mitch Marner, yeah, he can do this and he can skate and he can pass, but he won't go into the corners and take a body pussy fuck that guy he's we're overrated he's not worth that money michael bunting should get that fucking money you know why in the corner i mean look i'm not gonna lie to you i'm the same way i feel this way too so it's not like i'm 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 lampooning it but this is my heart too so i'm making fun of myself really but yeah no fuck the leafs they're gonna suck they're gonna go out in the first round i mean we we, the last two years we lost to columbus and montreal who i don't think were either would be playoff teams so you're right so, like, uh, what's the they, they this year? I don't think they're any better this year. I don't think losing Zach Hyman and Frederick Anderson makes you a better team. Fair I enough. mean, every player, every player we put on waivers to try to clear a salary cap hell, which, by the way, the Morgan Riley deal did nothing to help. <laughs> I know. Uh, we, we, we have five guys taking up 60% of our fuck. Oh, sorry, 58.9% if you want to be uh, a dubicite about it. But yeah, like, we're, we're fucked, dude. Like, this team's never going to win shit. If this team makes the playoffs, it's a fucking miracle. And then we'll probably lose to some underachieving team. Like, oh, we're playing Boston, but Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, Taylor Hall, and the goalie's injured. Oh, yeah, and McAvoy. And, like, we'll go up 3-1 on the brooms and blow it or something. They'll, they'll sign Eric Stahl's fucking, like, you know, like, Preparation H bottle. And <laughs> next thing you know, the Leafs are out in seven. Like, oh, man, you know, just next year is going to be the year. Like, I think they're learning from all these game sevens and, like, elimination game losses. Maybe a lot of them will score a goal, too. They're re- the boys are learning, though. Like, they're learning. They're learning Listen, how to lose at a high level. You have you have manifestation powers that you do not give enough respect and credit to, man. You should not be putting this out into the universe, brother. I, real quick, though, before we continue this, was that, like, a fondue dip donut or was that pepperoni? It was the second, sir. I don't want to chew on your podcast, but I, I'm eating a late night snack. Well, I got so rubbed up talking with the Leafs. I need to eat in order to burn. The you calories. can eat all your, I mean, bro, I drink on my podcast. You can eat all the fucking one on the podcast, man. If anything, yeah. it'll make the people at home hungry. Maybe they'll stop and get a bite to eat. But well, if you live um, in the Spryfield area, I highly recommend Uncle Buck's. Is that was a pepperoni? Yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, but I'm telling the way the angle was. Oh, yeah, that looks ridiculous. See, this is the time I wish I had a video show coming soon. I hope. <laughs> Well, you'll have the screenshots from this anyway if you need. That's not a bad idea, actually. That's going to be <laughs> the cover. No picture of you, just a picture of the fucking spread of Honestly, pepperoni. Honestly, if I was looking at pepperoni, chicken wings, and matzo sticks, and chicken nuggets, or my face, yeah. I would choose the food. I don't know. There's no shame in that. Oh, man, that's great. My big-ass head, my uneven beard. Fuck that. Show the food. Straight up, straight up. We'll get serious for a quick second. I don't want to stay on this topic too long, because we could probably talk about this topic all night, but... Uh, the John Doe 
came clean in the Blackhawks sex abuse scandal case. And I've actually, this is going to sound terrible. I've really wanted to get your opinion, get your take on this. Not that your opinion or your take can really enlighten anything, but I always find that you have a way with words and a way of kind of eloquently putting things together the way I certainly can't when something so disgusting, sick and terrible like this happens, you just find a way to cut through the sadness and, and give us a little bit of clarity. So I know that we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I just, just dive into this one because like, yeah. honestly, it's a heavy subject. Yeah. I've got questions galore. I could ask you, but I just want your thoughts. Cause maybe you just answer them through your speech and we can just move on. Cause yeah. it's so, tough. Like, normally I would make a really dramatic comparison to make it funny, or I make a really good simile or metaphor to it, but it's sexual assault. And like, it's bad enough what happened to poor Kyle beach and the other black ace player at a John Doe number two. Like that's awful and gross, and I'll I'll address a few things in that. But I I I I, I hate to say this because it sounds horrible, but like I can almost live with that. Like I, I don't like it, but I can live with it. The fact they covered it up and hot hit for the guy, and then wrote him a glow, wrote the guy a glowing letter of recommendation so we could go work in a school with young children, like children, and then have him ruin a child's life on top of that. Yeah. I don't think I could ever forgive that. Honestly, like. If if someone's like, hey, if you contribute two dollars to a GoFundMe right now, we'll march Joel Quenville down to the main street so you can whip him with like nine tails. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck, let's do that. Because like uh, this concept of like protecting like sexual predators so we can like, you know, we're focusing on a Stanley Cup run like a Stanley Cup run means more than what happened to Kyle Beach. And people are like, oh, he's a full grown man. He should be able to do it, bro. Like. Most of you don't work your whole lives to be what you are, and no one generally puts you in a position where they endanger your life's work for it to see your dick or something. You know, like, although the way most dudes behave on social media, I'm sure like they would just show their dick in order to fucking get ahead. But I'm being, I'm see, I'm trying to make a joke, but we all know how men behave on social media. But exactly. That exactly. said, it, it, it's probably the most reprehensible hockey story since the Sheldon Kennedy story, which lo and behold was another sexual assault story. Um, I'm of the firm belief that Darren Fleury piggybacked that to sell books. People can at me all they want. Darren Fleury's pride died in a Cabrini Green sh- crack house in Chicago a long time ago. So I don't really give a fuck about that MAGA idiot. But yeah, um, it, it sucks. Every time there's ever like a really giant hockey controversy, it's almost always racism or sexual assault. Like sexual deviants in Canada just like must like minor league hockey. This is where I'm going to go. But Aldridge is American. So this is different. But maybe he saw the he saw the Danton and the uh, I don't remember who Sheldon Keefe's guy was. Or it's not Sheldon. Sorry, Sheldon Keefe's involved in the Mike Danton story, but we don't have to talk about that. He was like Sheldon Keefe, by the way, if you don't, if those that don't know, Sheldon Keefe was like the, if you don't know the Mike Danton story and the Mike Frost, I think it was the guy's name. You know yep. that story. Yep. Basically, for people that don't know it. Basically, this head, this junior head coach, Mike Frost, kind of used like young boys to recruit young girls to bring them back to his house for orgies. And the primary recruiter for that task was the Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keefe. But we don't talk about that because he's Kyle Dubas' little butt buddy. So not that there's a wrong with being a butt buddy, but, you know, like that's what he is. He's, he's kind of like his little pet animal. So fuck Sheldon Keefe and fuck Kyle Dubas, too, while we're here. It's Lou Lamorella forever right here. But yeah, no, um, that said, I'm getting off topic. The Blackhawks thing sickened me to my very core, and I think everyone's head should roll. I'm waiting for Bettman's head to roll. I want fit. And motherfuckers yes. like acting like, motherfuckers acting like, well, what could Bettman do? Well, Bettman could allow people to ask fucking questions and not be the fucking little Count Dracula that he is. Fucking vampire leeched the game of hockey out of Canada and tries to expand it in the desert. He can suck so, a dick. Dude. So that was one of my questions like that I was going to ask you. How high up does this go? You think this goes right up to Gary, do you? 
I don't know if it goes all the way up to Bettman and covering it up. I think it goes all the way up to the fact that Bettman's completely inept in dealing with crisis. I think that's the best way to describe it. Because he's all about the money. Money, money. I got a new franchise in Seattle, guys. Look what I did. The best way to sum it up is a question during the press conference. How come the New Jersey Devils got $3 million fine for circumventing the cap, but the Chicago Blackhawks got a $2 million fine for protecting a covering up sexual assault? What do the kids say? That part? That part? That's what the kids say? It's that, that part. That yeah, part, right. right fucking there. Like, and his answer is like, give one of, different unprecedented circumstances or something like that. I'm like, oh God, the word unprecedented in 2021 drives me nuts. But yeah, fair. One of the one of the best ones I heard was having them play kind of like what they do in soccer when a team gets, they'll find soccer teams, but they can't really like ban them or suspend them. So what they do is they make them play in front of no fans. There's your revenue hit right there. That's the only way I think that they could possibly. We're just coming out of that whole world that happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, imagine, right? The Blackhawks, like, y'all should have figured this out during COVID then, you motherfuckers, because you well, would have been playing with COVID. It. It was the Blackhawks yes. saying it's meritless and there's nothing to this. And then, yep. like, the worst part is, like, like oh, well, we don't know all sides of the story. Everyone's guilty until proven innocent. Motherfucker, these investigations, all these reports we're reading, were by private investigators in a law firm that the Blackhawks hired. This is a Blackhawks investigation casting damnation on this organization. Yep, it's not yep. some third party. It's not your Uncle Chip on Facebook posting conspiracy theories. It's a legitimate legal like team doing investigations and interviews that everyone was told to cooperate where it was clearly laid out and illustrated that this was covered up in hopes of winning a Stanley cup. That said, I want to take a second here. I don't want to defend the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't want to defend their players, but everyone make casting wild aspersions and judging Jonathan Taves, Duncan Uh, Keith, Patrick Kane. This is a question I had. So go on, go on. Like I always do this. I always just trample on your questions. So it's okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying those guys are innocent or whatever, but I saw someone post a screenshot. They've always been awful people. I mean, Patrick Kane, you got a legitimate case for sometimes. I mean, his history. But, like, it had, like, a picture of them after they won the 2010 Stanley Cup. And on the board, it says Pronger is gay on the board. Or Chris Pronger is gay. So you got Pronger's name, and then someone wrote in red Sharpie is gay next to it. And someone commented, look, they even bullied players on the other team. I'm like, bro, if you think Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane bullied Chris Pronger, you've never seen Chris Pronger play fucking hockey. Those two, Chris Pronger probably still makes those two guys buttholes like quiver when he sees them. Like Pronger was, Pronger was a fucking bully on the ice. That's what made him so good. <laughs> but everyone's a victim in 2021, right? So like, look, is it juvenile and stupid to write so-and-so is gay on the board and wrong and hateful to a degree? Yeah. But this is 2010. People were much dumber and more fucking caveman back then. Using the term is gay was not considered as offensive in 2010 as it is now. It is wrong. It was wrong then and it's wrong now. But we hadn't really established this really strict hierarchy of things and phrases you could say and do as much in 2010. I think in 2010, it was basically common knowledge. You couldn't say the F word or the N word. And that was basically it. Everything else was fair game. <laughs> you could say whatever the hell you wanted. Um, so I don't know. Um I've always been a fan of Jonathan Taves. I feel like his answers have been really shitty during this investigation, but he was like a 21, 22 year old captain at the time. It wasn't like he was a grown man. He wasn't much older than beach. He's only drafted like, I think a year and a half, two years after before beach. Like it's not like Taves was some like Taves wasn't 2015 Taves or 2017 Taves. And Kane was even young too, right? And uh, Duncan Keith's 37 now, so fuck that guy. He seems to be a piece of shit anyway. But the other two, I can like, although Kane seems to be a piece of shit too. You know what? I'm really struggling here. So you're not uh, struggling because you're, you're, it's, 
the moral compass that this entire thing skews when it comes down to talking about the players. You know, Quinville's gone. The other fellow from the jet, you know what I mean? Who's involved? No, Sheldon got to keep his job. We want to give a really awkward ass-covering speech today. Yeah, it was very strange. It was almost like this is after you met with Batman. This is this is so weird. This is why, like, my question was like, how high up does this go? It feels like the cookie could completely crumble, and Batman is doing damage control by maybe saving this guy because this guy's a little higher up on the totem pole. If you know what I'm saying, this is this Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, so I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, but like if, if you fire Quinville, Quinville's gone. That's a head coach. And Bowman. Bowman, general manager, president, like he's there. The other guy in Chicago who went to, I don't remember who he was, but the other guy went to. Yeah, but like once you get higher than that, then you're getting to a league executive position where these guys are rubbing well, shoulders. Fair, fair, they're Bob Fair, whatever. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the PA guy. I think he's next. Well, he invited the investigation into the Players Association involvement. If there's they any got, they got him on email saying like, you know, I'll mm. do something about this. And then he mm. just buries it. That's what so I'm like, saying. So is, that, is, is that complicit to a cover up or is that just like lack of action? Either or I think the man has to be reprimanded. My opinion. I have that written down. Like you, you're not only you're trampling questions, you're trampling the notes of opinions I have on this one. I think that that might be as high as it goes. And we may see a player controlled players association. It is. But I think that this is where we're going to potentially see a player controlled players association because you may see the rest of the players in this league try to come together to nip this at the bud. Whether this is a league wide cultural issue or not, the players don't want this to be perceived as such. If the players association is run by the league like it is in the NBA for the most part, like the NFL have done a really good job of having players involved in the conversation. It, it just makes and then they sense. Get on every labor agreement. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Pepsi keeps just raising the price, and the NFL says, "Yeah, you know what? Why not? Let's do it." It's just I don't get it, bro. I don't get it, but it's a world we live in, man. It's, it's money, and you said it. Twenty ten Stanley Cup run was more important than the 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 demons that these guys were going to have to have in their closet because this could have lasted to the end of time without any of us ever hearing about it. But the fact that well, these guys are going to live they, with they, it. They, they, in all fairness, the Blackhawks did kind of let him go quietly, but let him come back for, like, the Stanley Cup. He got his own Stanley Cup mm-hmm. ring. He got to have the cup for a day. So, like, they did tell him, you got to get the fuck out of here, but they didn't, like, disperse him. Yeah. They just, like, kind of. Let's, let's semi-cover it up by making things look normal, and then maybe you found another job somewhere, right? Well, like, wh- Well, they wrote the notification form, right? Like, the uh, recommendation. <sighs> and but that's the part issue- that makes me angry. So oh, angry. yeah, well, because, I mean, that so ruined angry. some kid's life, right? Like, that literally ruined some kid's life. He, he was able to go and predatorily, like, assault a child after that. But my big thing is that I I did Anthony's show two years ago or something down the pub, and I talked about how hockey culture is a bag of shit. Generally. It is that, yep. It is that. And everyone's like, oh, it's not the case. It's becoming more and more this and more and more that. And every time you're like, you're just about to believe that, eight things happen where the old boys club of hockey shows up. Like, don't tell me hockey's not an old boys club. How the fuck is Kevin Lowe still an executive in the NHL? He's never done anything sexually wrong. He just got off with his fucking job. He wasn't even that good of a fucking hockey player. Kevin Lowe has been in the NHL my whole life. I'm 37 years old. He's had a job in some form of capacity in the NHL my entire life. Uh, fucking... Glenn Sather held a job for years. You took the words right out my mouth. He was next. He was next. He had one lucky run where a couple of people told him to make a couple of moves. And all of a sudden, Glenn Sather is like the head coach of the Oilers, right? So he did have a pretty good run. But like, but here's one for you Rick Tockett got busted for running an illegal gambling ring in Arizona 
while being an assistant coach for the Arizona Phoenix, whatever the fuck money losing coyotes, he's still coaching in this league. <laughs> like fucking Tim Donnelly, the NFL, the NBA ref got like cop gambling on games, fucking banned for life, went to prison. And the NHL is like, oh, I'm running the legal gambling ring. Yeah. Pete Rose. There's one too. Right. We'll get there. But like, He's running an illegal gambling ring, but you know what it is. You know what they, they were talking is. He's running a legal gambling ring co-funded by Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. And you can't wife. blackball Wayne Gretzky, ladies and gentlemen, not in hockey. Wayne Gretzky could be a serial fucking pedophile. The NHL would find a way to protect that motherfucker. There's Wayne very Gretzky- few, but he is the one. And I, I, I kind of thought it's fun. I'm going to make it racial, but fuck it. Black people in Nova Scotia hate Wayne Gretzky. I don't know why, but I don't know why. All black people I know in Nova Scotia that like hockey hate Wayne Gretzky. I don't know why. I mean, never been able like, to I don't it like out. Wayne Gretzky that much either. So like, I know he's, done, he's never done anything to me wrong wise, but like, oh, it's hard. It's a hard thing to quantify. I don't think I, I want to spend a whole podcast breaking down my issues with Wayne Gretzky. It's just more of a like, <laughs> We went for the Blackhawk scandal to Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> well, because Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's like a decent human being. It's not about like any of that. Maybe maybe he's fucked up with some black people on the line in the story, like spreading some social. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've never I, heard. I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not in that circle, so I don't know. Yeah. But what I will say about Wayne Gretzky, and this is a hot take coming off the press, is the only defense that was played in the '80s was guys protecting their cocaine stash and their groupies' phone numbers. So Wayne Wayne Gretzky was the best of the 80s hockey players, but he was also like 170 pounds, built like a rake, and no one touched him. If Wayne Gretzky had to go through one-tenth of what Sidney Crosby physically has to endure, Wayne Gretzky would have been buckled and folded and put it in a carry-on case and thrown in an Air Canada flight probably to fucking... None of it. Like, yeah. it's like, like, he, no one taught. People always like, oh my god, you look at the numbers. The numbers are outrageous. It's but like it was the perfect. It was the perfect timing of sports. Like Gretzky's yeah, greatness. The end of that. It was a obviously a gritty and grindy era. The sport was tough. Like we're not, you know, sport was but, tough, but nobody was. The guys would like. Back then, being tough, the sport was tough. It was like a guy would like do a flying drop kick with his exactly your exactly, but, and like, you had guys on your team set up to fight those guys right like yeah. it was almost like you were playing chess all fucking game gretzky's yeah, out there but, but like, you got to make sure you got two goons out there because the other team just threw out all five of their fucking goons at us right go watch gretzky highlights watch if oh, anyone man. like defense is basically like hey guys if i skate alongside him long enough maybe he'll do something wrong like yeah. that was defense that was it, like, it, it, it was it was kind of like I don't know. So when I look at Wayne Gretzky's numbers, I I, I put like a, a filter on them, like an Instagram filter, where like I just cut it to a quarter. Which I, by the way, if you cut his numbers into a quarter, he's still a Hall of Famer. That's how ridiculous his. Yeah, that's are. just it. Like my dad said, the trade. Like once he left the Oilers, obviously still gaudy numbers, but a little more realistic because like the early '90s, the game got a little more modernized. And then obviously, yeah. obviously by the time he retired. You could tell he, he was still out there, point a game, goddamn near, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm not looking at his Close, numbers at like, all, but yeah, about a point seven point per game play. You yeah. could see yeah. the wheels were starting to fall off. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, Lemieux stuck around a year or two long, only just to teach young Sydney how to how to. Well, I mean, Gretzky rope, retires right? in '99, Lemieux retires in like 2007, six, seven, yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the two. Yeah. Or was it? No, 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 no. I don't think was it that. Yeah, well, he retires numerous times due to health issues, but like his final retirement is like. The year after the lockout, where like the Penguins, it's like Crosby's rookie season. Rookie year, yeah, yeah. 
teach the young man. Favorite hockey player of all time. But again, Lemieux's gaudiest numbers too come from an era of no defense. But Lemieux was still putting up gaudy numbers even when the league was like neutral zone trapping because he was just that much better than everyone else. Like, Maryland, we once scored five goals in a game, and each goal is the a, a different type. So it's a regular strength, shorthanded, power play, penalty shot, an empty net. Like, in one game, that doesn't even make sense. Like, that's like a, you, if you try to do that in a video game, you play NHL 22 and try to do that, you probably can't pull that off. So <laughs> this man just pulled it out. I was like, you know, while smoking two packs of darts a day, chilling. Like, Lemieux's the goat. I don't give a fuck what anyone has to say. Yeah, I, I have the argument that, I mean, I'm, I mean, this is going to sound, I hate when beta people do this shit. Bobby Orr to me is the greatest, but I never saw Bobby Orr play. So it's just like. Bobby Orr is incredible. And I, I, I got a Bobby Orr jersey, actually. It's soft to my right here. Um, I, I like Bobby Orr a lot. I, I just got to be honest with you, bro. He retired in 1976. I was born in 1984. That's exactly it. I've seen yeah. old footage, but I, I saw Mario dominate. Like Mario mm-hmm. missed like six weeks of a season due to radiation for cancer treatments, came back and won the scoring title. Shit doesn't even make sense. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, are you human? Like they used to call him Super Mario, and like he kind of was. Like, yes, he was. I, I can't see Gretzky battling cancer in like back arthritis and everything else and be like, you know what? I'm gonna miss half a season and come back with a win and win a scoring title. Like I don't think Gretzky was built like that. Like and I get it Lemieux was a little bigger. And guys were allowed to take liberties with Lemieux because he was like six three and two hundred and ten pounds. So like guys would like hack his wrists and like attack him and stuff like that. And like he had to kind of stand up for himself. Gretzky never had to stand up for shit. I remember Gretzky got in a fist fight with Pat Falloon when I was a kid. I don't know how it played out, but I remember Pat Falloon was like a highly touted prospect at the time with the Sharks when the Sharks were expansion team. And I think Gretzky fought him. Don't know who won. Don't think I really care. Uh, two guys that couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight fighting doesn't really mean much to me. If I want to see that shit. I might as well just watch Conor McGregor's next fight. Oh, there it is. There's the MMA tick. There it is. There it is. I, I, I'm on your show. I got to get one in for you. Got to get one in. Remember, we want to talk about guys that can't fucking fight. You got to drop Conor McGregor. <laughs> Real quick, we'll, we'll put a we'll put a cap on this. Um, well, I guess we we drifted completely away from the Blackhawk scandal. Blackhawk shit is the Blackhawk shit is heinous and disgusting. It, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Talking about it depresses me. So like, me I don't love, and I can't make jokes about it. I like to be fun. And I know that's why I said well, we should make this a quick thing. But this might end up being the longest topic of the night. I guess really quick though, I do want to take, get your take on this because of my personal opinion, I don't believe that this should get the NCAA college football cancellation treatment. I'm not a belief. Of you can't, you can't cancel a billion dollar hockey franchise. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Their name is going to be on the cup forever. Yeah, you, can, but, you, can, you can't just cancel. Like you, you can death penalty a college team and they're out for like 20, 30 years. Although I think that's over now. I think all the teams are death penalty. More there. or less. I think even USC because Reggie Bush has filed the uh, the countersuit against. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For, for the record, I don't believe in the NCAA death penalty and I definitely don't believe in the death penalty for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, look, man, if we could like somehow run a franchise out of the NHL right now, if I'm just I'm purely spitballing. If we could just run an NHL franchise off the, off the cliff, Coyotes. it would still be the Arizona Coyotes. Right? Yeah, like, Coyotes. <laughs> Even even though all this shit with the Blackhawks happened, I'm sorry, it's got to be the Coyotes. There's going to be a day where Taves and Kane, and like there's not many guys left. It's Taves, Kaner. I think it's just Taves and Kaner that are left from that original 2010. Keith and Keith. And Keith. Keith's, Keith's at Edmonton. Oh, that's right. I actually, that's funny you said that too, because I saw that the other night. And so when the fuck did that happen? I completely Aussies, forgot about that. Oh, no, you yeah. forgot that? Oh, buddy. Yeah, we, I completely forgot. Us Leafs, fan, us Leafs fans are all capologists. We're, we're the kings of the salary cap, right? Because we're handcuffed to a bunch of pussies that make a lot of money. So <laughs> when, when Duncan Keith got traded to Edmonton, our whole Leafs Twitter exploded because not only did he, like, 
Chicago got something back for Duncan Keith, but Chicago didn't have to retain salary. So we just made fun of the Oilers for like at least two days because they have Connor McDavid and we have um, Mitch. Uh, Mar- yeah. Mar- Mar- they, they, they didn't retain salary, goddammit. So ha 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 ha. You suck, Edmonton. Our, our GM would have traded two first round picks to get rid of some to retain some of that Duncan Keith salary. <laughs> so you suck. So you didn't have to retain salary. But yeah, like I'm just I'm done roasting our GM and I'm done roasting Duncan Keith. He'll be done in a year. He's a corpse. Don't worry, Edmonton will get to the playoffs. They won't be able to play defense. They'll be doing fancy 360 turnaround backhand passes in their own zone that lead to goals. And everyone be like, why can't Edmonton win in the playoffs? It's because they, they're but as liberal as like, I never mind, I'm not going to make that joke. But you get the idea where I'm going here. The Blackhawks are disgusting. You can't cancel. You can't be done in 10 years. No one will think the Blackhawks won't be touched by Stan Bowman. There'll be nothing in place from what happened in 2010. And we can, we can move on as hockey fans. I don't know if poor Kyle Beach or that child that he got molested could ever move on, but I hope they can, but you can't hold the name of the franchise forever. And you can't, there's no way billionaires don't get punished for this shit. So the Wurtz brothers are not going to feel the pain of this. Like they feel they pay 2 million. They're going to give Kyle Beach a couple million just to shut him up. Basically is what's going to happen. And, but that's it. Like, that's all you got. Like, there's no, there's no canceling the Chicago Blackhawks. Like if, if fucking George Steinbrenner's son was like raping girls, the photocopier for the last five years, you couldn't cancel the New York Yankees. You, you just can't like you can cancel Steinbrenner's and you can force them to sell a team like Ster, uh, Silver did with Sterling in L.A. But that's what that's what I was actually about to get to. Like, but, but it, I, I don't think I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think David Stern does that. I think that was Adam Silver making a bold statement. I don't think David Stern would have. David Stern was a fucking Muppet like Bettman is. I don't think he would do that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's talks about Bettman, like the rumor around the league right now is Bettman's on his way out now too. Like the ownership's like, man, you can't keep handling this shit like this. This is a new world. It's not 1992. It's not handshakes and like closed smoking rooms now. You, you got to do better. So I, maybe we'll see the end of Bettman, the old Count Bettman. I always call him Count Bettman because he always looked like that out uh, the count off Sesame Street, the Chappelle lamp. Uh, like, uh, uh, how many salary caps can I impose? One salary cap, two salary cap. That's what Bettman uh, looks like uh, to me. Uh, 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 yeah. That's great. Bettman fucking some player out of his like life savings. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so bad. Fuck that guy, dude. Fuck that little. Oh, that's bad. He's a little person. I won't call, well, him, I won't call him the M word. M, M is my word. M M. Yeah, I'll call yeah, me sure. M forward. Yeah. I'll call them little people. There we go. Um, what was I fucking gonna say? Who's the commissioner before fucking uh Goodell? Goodell? Uh, oh um Tagliabu. Was it Tagliabu? Tagliabu. Yeah, Tagliabu. his his vision was the 32 team league, and now look what Mr. Fucking Bettman's got. 32 team league. I think he might be on the way out too. I honestly yeah. do. I really well, truly see, honestly do. I, I, he should have been let go a long time ago for like prolonging the death of the Arizona franchise. I know I keep harping on it, but like they're losing like 40 to $50 million a year out there. And he just refuses to do anything about it. So the league has to bail this team out constantly franchise, like the Leafs, the Habs, like very profitable franchise are forced to foot the bill for these stupid stubborn desert hockey teams. That just doesn't make any sense. Like I, I get that like Vegas is working, but Vegas worked, I don't think Vegas is going to keep working. I think when the, by the time when the Vegas Golden Knights become shitty, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be a problem financially. I don't know. Here's why. I think well, there's, what, Vegas is there now. The Raiders are there now. There's going to be other sports teams in Vegas. They were a novelty at first because they were the first professional sports team in Las Vegas, but they're not even the only, they're not even the only show in town anymore. But Plus, I think like, Celine Dion will go over there, and Canadians won't want to go see hockey. They'll go see Celine Dion instead. The heart will go on. <laughs> I like that. I think. They just have more of a flexibility, if, in my opinion, where they can lower the ticket prices to like 
floor level still fill that place because people are still going to want to go see the novelty of hockey, especially if you're only paying $15, $20 a ticket. And I don't think Vegas as a franchise suffers because I think that that franchise is going to be supported by the league for years and years and years to come because they were the first one to do it. Right. Arizona. I just, I didn't think they're going to die like Arizona. I said, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to really draw crowds in Las Vegas. Mm. I didn't think they they, they were gonna, but, it's okay. interesting. I think they have the flexibility to do it, but you're, it is an interesting question. Like it, you can't the novelty. sell fifteen twenty dollar like ringside tickets to NHL games and pay these salaries. Like you just can't. So like, like ta- everyone's expecting Tampa to like go get Eichel while like Kucherov's and like LTIR. The Tampa Bay Lightning are not made of money like that. They're not like the owners not raking in billions of dollars off this franchise. It's not like the Leafs could totally take a Kucherov and put him on LTR and make tons of money. Money's no issue in Toronto. Money's no issue in Montreal, although I'm pretty sure the Molsons would argue with me on that point. But you know what I mean? Like there's, the Rangers can do that. There's there's franchises that can do that, but the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't that franchise. The Tampa Bay Lightning, like, you know, kind of went over the cap, won the cap of the cup last year and all was well, but like they're not trying to lose money like that again. Like every team lost money in the league last year, so it was a wash, but the Lightning aren't trying to lose money every year. Like that's not, they can win it over how many Stanley Cup bears you hang like losing money every year is not a really good situation the leafs can do it the lightning cannot so play safe uh speaking of which can we talk about jack eichel for a second i'm yeah. so tired about jack eichel i'm tired of the jack eichel narrative i really am mm, that's some crazy story too like that whole thing yeah. is fucking wild well, i mean but... speaking of the nhl being a shitty place not yep. stepping in and preventing buffalo from stopping this guy from getting the surgery he needs fucked up like, like what do you like? I don't want to talk about that. I also talk about like I was going to talk about the narrative of Jack Eichel more than that. That story is just another mess. How the NHL is an old boys club full of bullshit. But what I was going to say is Jack Eichel looms large over the NHL right now. Is this like assassin? It's like who's going to get the assassin? Who's going to get Eichel? Like is it going to be Vegas because Vegas is all the LTIR cap space because of the um, the top four four of the top six being out. Is it going to be Montreal that somehow swings the deal? Because like you guys have a ton of cap space because of the Shea Weber deal, right? So like, and you can probably get Buffalo to retain some salary. Like, send out Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and get Jack Eichel, and all of a sudden you have that number one center that Montreal has been dreaming of since I don't know since Saku Koivu left. I guess probably the last time you got an elite center. I so, love that guy. I miss yeah, him I so much. Just Saku Koivu, one of the better Finnish hockey players of all time. Not the best, but one of the better ones. Um, but yeah, like Eichel looms large of like, is Tampa going to get Eichel because Kucherov's on LTIR is like, I know Toronto ain't getting Eichel because you know, we, we only got like $8, bro. We, we can't afford that $10 million. <laughs> we got $8. Young, Young street McDonald's I, is all you got money for. You ain't got no Jack yeah, Eichel money. We, we can't even buy that the dollar menu right now. So like, shit, like is Joe Thornton available again? Maybe we can afford that vet min if, you know, we save our pennies, wave a few young prospects again so someone else can claim them. Every Leaf player gets put on waivers gets claimed, bro. I don't give a fuck who it is. Jimmy VC, Michael Amadio, you the, you guys took you took Brooks from us. I like Brooksy a lot. I'm sad about Brooks. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm curious to see where Eichel lands. Um, but we can move off hockey and talk about something else now if you want because, like, I can, I, I, my life's been dominated by hockey lately. So I'd like to talk about something else. That's true. Well, your, your life has also been dominated by, I guess you're an ultra. Are you officially an ultra? Unofficially oh, yeah. an ultra? I, I, I think you'd have to talk to James, maybe okay. like Chris, those guys. But I, I feel like I am the loudest person. I know. Actually, let me reiterate this real quick. I don't feel like I'm the loudest person in 108. I am <laughs> the loudest person in 108. Nobody's nobody's louder than me like that we're gonna i'm gonna have a megaphone for the last game of the season so we want to bring earplugs okay um, 
Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a one away ultra guy. I mean, the team, I'm not going to be negative towards the team. They're, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I, I had, we went to um, me and down the pubs, Anthony Abbott and his friend Murphy went to uh, Kai Brady's for the game on Saturday or was it Sunday? Whatever, whatever day that was. It was Saturday. It was definitely Saturday. It was definitely Saturday. Yeah, sorry. We were drinking as you can tell. And um, Corey Bent and another player from the team was there. And um, like, it's just weird. Like I'm sitting there, we're buying beers for Wanderers players because they're all on IR. They're all hurt. So they, they, the boys have not looked good in the last two games. It probably sunk their season, but we'll still be there screaming and cheering. And I actually, I'm not going to like take shots at anybody. Cause I know like you promised Marv and you wouldn't like, <laughs> um, Hi, Marvin. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be respectful. Shouts to Marvin. What's up Marvin? How you doing? Um, but I want to address something real quick. Cause this is probably going to be mostly locally listened to and probably some Wanderers fans. Is that like this concept that one wait cheers more for themselves than we cheer for the Wanderers. I think it's a really unfair statement because even when we are cheering for ourselves, it's more to like get in the other team's head and insult the other team. It's not like we're like 108, 108, all we care about is 108. Even our 108 centered chants are basically things to like, you know, take the piss of the other team. So like I I've crafted, I don't know if it's going to go through yet. Well, it's still in the negotiating process, but I've crafted a chant to start the final game of the season to address people that, um, don't like how we behave at games, I think is the word I want to say. Well, I won't tell you. I won't name names. I won't say anything like that. It's not like that. But, I, I you know, just, we just feel that we want to give a proper send-off in the next season to let it set the tone that, you know, like this 108 slander won't be tolerated much longer. Because, I mean, we're, we're modeled off basically football hooligan groups, right? Like, we're obviously not really going to hurt anybody or do anything stupid. because Halifax <laughs> hooligans, baby. <laughs> yeah, we, we all have families, jobs, and careers and things to pay for these, like, uh, obnoxiously expensive beers that support the Halifax Wanderers. But um, <laughs> just the Garrison Tall Ships. Uh, but, um, yeah, no. I, 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 I'm definitely a part of the group now. I'm in the group chat. I talk shit. We, 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 we see what everyone says. We laugh hysterically. I generally roast you if you say something stupid in the chat, but you'll never see it. So it's okay. So um, shout out to you. Keep it up. Uh, it's great comedic fodder. 108, we are here, you know, so you don't matter. And um, that's it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> now, every other, like I, I know I heard there's a, a, a supporter section in 110, which is really good to see. I've never heard them personally because I only ever hear 108 because I'm deaf and one ear from all the screaming. But <laughs> I, I definitely do hear that other section that I won't name, but um no comment no comment we'll move on from that we'll move on from that one. but you know what good luck I'm to the boys break, i'm clearly breaking balls here by the way it's fun it's fun marvin don't be mad don't be mad marvin it's good i got fun. a big old smile on my face while talking with I, I i'm so new to this but i got into this with a member of that unnamed section carlos your former co-host on down the pub oh gee yeah, and he, he came at me like, well, you guys always chant about yourselves and this and that. I'm like, wow, have a beer, relax. It's not that serious. This is all jokes. I didn't know you were going to like get your like your anus all quivery here. Like, we're good, <laughs> give your girlfriend a hug. Feel better about yourself. It's not my fault you guys are quiet. You, like, versus, you, know? you versus Carlos, man. You versus Carlos. Ding, ding, uh, ding. Oh, you want to fight? I don't know. I'm a lot bigger than Carlos. Thriller, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, the Thriller on the Hilla. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you were about, like, as far as noise making goes, and if you think Carlos can keep it with me in that department, like I mean, you, you, you I'll give Carlos the megaphone, and he'll still lose. <laughs> hey, man, listen, he's Peruvian. Yeah, I know. 
And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he can't fight. I'm saying he can't out-loud me at a football ah. game. <laughs> if, by the way, if Carlos listens to this and he feels so... No, we're, all, we're, we're completely joking, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Let me finish, let me finish. And okay. Carlos feels like he can, in fact, get louder than me with a megaphone. I, 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 I invite him to try. We lifting weights out here. Let's see it. Yeah. I want to see this. This will be... The, these pipes, they, 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 they're, um, they're loud. <laughs> like if, you if probably you, heard me at some games in your own section, about 250 feet away so, <laughs> over the other 150 people behind me screaming along with me. I have also thousands between us. Yeah. I, I've also kind of taken up the role of 108 of like being the hype man. So if I feel like guys aren't being loud enough, I yell at them. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm on your ass. And I, I, I mean, maybe, Hey, maybe, Hey, maybe the last game of the season, if the boys need it, they'll go over to 109 and like yell at them until they get louder. I don't know. Oh, I named them. I apologize. You're going to have to edit that out. Oh, beep. Sorry. Beep. Yeah. yeah beep, beep. Anyway, let's move on for the Wanderers. Just disclaimer. Disclaimer. All of us in 104 love everybody. And, yeah. 104 uh, is the thoughts, family section. You thoughts, guys keep th- thoughts and opinions of, of Steve Steele are that of <laughs> Steve Steele, um, including those of Carlos. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Let's move on quickly. Oh yeah! Shout out to James. Love that fucking guy. I love all them guys over there. Shout out to the, both Chris's man. Yeah, well, we're, um, there for, James. we're there for fun. We are just. Yeah. Having fun. I'm talking a bunch of bullshit right now, but it's really just all fun and games. My dream, and I, I've, I've mentioned this in our roundtable group, is it's it's. I mean, it, it, the season likely is going to end on Sunday. There's still a chance that the boys, you know, it's going to take a lot of bounces, but there's still a chance that the boys will be making the playoffs. But I want next year to have that away day where we can all just get the same weekend off, the same week off, the same couple that, you know what I'm saying? And make that trip, whether it's Ottawa, Hamilton, York, you know what I'm saying? And take that sound somewhere. Or New Brunswick. Oh, that would be great. Moncton. Fingers fucking crossed. Yeah, Moncton. Moncton would be good. So we're at 108s. We're going to do something like uh, on before the game, the last game of the season. We're going to like film a little video or something. I don't Ooh. know. I, I, it's not my idea. I don't want to give specifics in case I'm wrong, but we, we, we're going to do a little something, something. It involves a lot of balaclavas and smoke bombs. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it might be a bit late now, but I wanted to get everybody that could make it early. Um, with the daylight savings time too, niggas got no excuses. Uh, <laughs> um, on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday, have everybody kind of like chill by the public gardens side. You know what I'm saying? Like the other side of where the benches and stuff are, because mm-hmm. that's where the boys all show up. Like they'll park their cars at the parking lot and walk around, or they'll get dropped off there if they don't or they drive. Get off the bus. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> or they get well, a couple of them get off the bus. Yeah, that's it. When the bad guys get off the bus, we can boo the shit out of them and throw shit at them. But um to get a lot of people there to Not like throwing shit. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. No throwing shit. Yeah. Sorry. That's bad. I can't believe I said that happened in my section too, man. Happened I know. Like, and I was like, I was like, I was like, I mean, like, I under no circumstances does anybody in any section of the Wanderers game condone throwing things at the players. Never ever, ever. And if ever. I catch someone throwing them, they're getting thrown next. Well, that's pretty much what's going to happen now. It, it's happened now one too many times that everybody's kind of looking at one another like, okay, next time that happens, it ain't happening again. So I think the first time it happened was just kind of everybody was stunned, like, what the fuck? That happened here? You only see that shit in Europe. And the fact that oh, the bottle... Blue Jays games. Or Blue Jays games, yeah, I remember that. The fact that the water bottle was full is what was scary. But funny, funny uh, little inside fastball. Only the people in the roundtable group know this, but now the... 
hundreds potentially of listeners to this episode will know this as well. Um, Matt Fegan still has the water bottle on his desk. <laughs> the day, the day that like, the, like first of all, whoever threw that bottle, you put Bogo beers in the company. <laughs> <laughs> and we're never going to forgive you for that. Like, I know you're not forgiven in your band for life and games, but like 108 is still looking for you on the low because like, if Bogo's broke because of that water bottle, Chief, you go, you go have some people in blue bottle coffins and smoke bombs on your front door doing the Warriors thing with the bottles. My six foot two, 250 pound ass will be the one screaming it. So like, be ready. Like that, like, you know. It was close. It was close. And you saw how much they enforced it at the week after. Like you could only buy two. At a time. Well, I mean, they, they kind of always hit you with that. I mean, each security guard in each section, like, you know, is wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Same with the mm. But, like, everyone knows, especially the guys, like, I can't speak for other sections. I'm only in my section, right? But everyone knows our beers aren't getting thrown on the field. We're trying to drink them shits. In fact, yeah. we started a new game over in 108 where we've moved the garbage can with a recycling bag in it over in front of the bottom of our section. So we now drop beers, bombs away into it. So we're trying to reduce our littering. <laughs> so the cleaning staff, knows. so we may be like, you know, partial hooligans, but we're also thinking about the environment and the staff that has to clean up afterwards. And so, listen, uh, Jackson was fucking loving it because when we were walking by after the game to go see mom, um, mom was chilling in that corner where they've got like the, um, uh, pardon my language disabled seating and stuff like that that ground level that's that's nearer to the bench yeah. jackson was loving it, man every can he was kicking every can every time he hit the wall go like he just <laughs> loved it so he was looking up like and i kept, he kept pointing up at the stands of course you guys were all gone at that point i was just like yeah, yeah it was litter buddy but it's okay you gotta you gotta litter somewhere and somebody's <laughs> gonna clean it up so, but he was just in heaven man he got to kick everything everywhere all right we brother try littering. we try <laughs> we try I'm not going to keep you all night, brother. I do appreciate you, though, giving me some time on this. Uh, it, it got cool, actually. It was beautiful all day, but it got right cool when I went out for a smoke before we got on. So I'll call it a cool. I, I do have one more thing I want to talk about before we get off here. Oh, I, yeah. Every time you ask me, you're like, what are you going to be doing next? Uh, yeah. I ha- I'm developing my own podcast. Ah, right okay. Well, no, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yo, let, let's get right into that, brother. Here, let me let me get that out of my notes. Mr. Stealing shit off my page. I swear, folks. This man does not read the notes. I don't send this man the notes. Well, you said you were, you were giving me the closer, so I, I, I thought I had to bounce to it. I, I well, I have it. a couple other quick little things to talk about, okay, but you know I, what? No, this is a good solid spot. I no, this is this is this is a good solid spot. You know, people will still be tuned in. I don't know if people are still going to be tuned in in about forty five minutes to an hour, but no, I'm, no, just no, kidding. Really I'm just kidding. Hour, my girlfriend will stab me in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, brother, give us the deets, man, because I know. Factually speaking, from my own heart and soul, you're one of the best in the city at this, whether it was with Anthony, with Dave, as a guest on my show, and other various platforms that you've spoken on, your opinions on Facebook and other social media platforms. My man, you're a voice. You deserve this. I'm proud and happy to hear that you're doing this. Give us the deets, man, because I'm fucking psyched. I am so stoked to hear that you got. A I deserve this because I paid for all the equipment to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I, 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 I basically, I was living through you and your show to like get my opinions out there, but I also made the decision that I, I'm not going to do a sports podcast. Um, I don't. I there's lots of sports podcasts out there. I debated doing a Leafs podcast, but then I looked on Spotify and saw there were six hundred thousand Leafs podcasts. And I'm like, there's no way to stand out there. Um, I don't watch combat sports enough to do a combat sports podcast like you do. And I don't really feel like doing just generic across the board sports podcasts anymore because it just doesn't interest me. So I was sitting the other night, and this is funny. This is the onus of this podcast, which is almost embarrassing. Uh, on Sunday, 
I was in my bedroom, just laying in bed, watching TV, kind of mildly hung over from the drinking of the beers, the Kai Brady's the night before. And I, I often listen to like Spotify on my AirPods. And some my my now co-host um, texted me. He's like, this Limp Biscuit, this new Limp Biscuit album is not nearly as bad as I wanted it to be. And this is, and you're like, what Limp Biscuit? What does this have to do with anything? And so I listened to the new Limp Biscuit album because I'll listen to anything once. <laughs> just stress once <laughs> not numerous times but once i'll listen to it and i'm like i i came away like this is probably the best limp biscuit album ever because limp biscuit no longer even remotely takes themselves seriously this is a complete parody and it's actually interesting um i was like this is unique uh if you haven't heard dad vibes by limp biscuit i think it's one of the funniest songs ever he steals the melody of tipsy by jake Wan and makes it into this goofy song about like dad bods and dad vibes it's funny it's it's way less annoying than like a nookie you know like nookie was an annoying record um, so anyway, moral of the story is, I mean, I'm, I'm a couple hours later, I'm sitting in my chair, I'm playing Diablo two with a friend of mine. We're talking, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. I'm, Diablo two is always zone out. And like the thought starts creeping in my head. Like I should do a podcast about that, uh, Limp Bizkit album. I think that'd be really funny. I got a guy that's a, kind of a Limp Bizkit fan. I don't name him here because being a Limp, he's the co-host because so you'll know soon enough, but I don't think being publicly out as a Limp Bizkit fan in 2021 is a good look. So I don't want to do that to somebody. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I was sitting there. I'm like, well, what can we do? Can we do a review? I can't just do album review podcast. That's so boring. And I came up with the concept while sitting there that like, there's lots of bands that have had your artists, even that have had huge creative peaks. They've been big stars. They're biggest things. They sold hundreds. They sold millions of records, big concerts. And a lot of them don't stop making music, but they just kind of fade into obscurity. And uh, a primary example, this is Olympus putting in a new album. I bet none of your listeners had any idea that Olympus got a new album out. I had no fucking clue. Yeah, and why would you, right? Because who cares? But that's the fun part is that like there's all these artists that like continue make like the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm 37 years old. Smashing Pumpkins was huge when I was like a young tween, right? Like they were massive. Like everything was an event. And they put out a new album in 2020. They reunited the old lineup. And I don't think anyone I know has ever heard this record. Like, so... The concept was that like what I'm going to do with my co-host who's a, a music promoter in the city is that I want to have a podcast where we take a band and Limp Bizkit's going to be the first one since they're the onus who's had these huge peaks and were major stars that have just kind of faded into obscurity but never stopped making music. And the concept is, you know, should they keep writing and keep making new music or should they stick to the hits? And that's what the show is going to be called, Stick to the Hits. And this is the idea that came to me. So Limp Bizkit's going to be first. Um, I had to I have to listen to every Limp Bizkit album the next week, and I've made it to the first two albums in the last two days. I'm doing oh, one a day. I know, I know. Let me get there. Fuck, that sounds actually like a lot of fun for the first. It's a great idea. I, I don't want to say it. Like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm the first. Oh, God. So $3 Bill Y'all, and for those that know and who don't know, $3 Bill Y'all is Limp Bizkit's first album that came out in 1997. And it's probably like the most misogynistic white rage album that, ever Not existed really, yeah yeah it, it, and it really fucking sucks and it was a downer to listen to and at times it's kind of rapey and i really really was uncomfortable i have my write-up here in front of me I, i'm taking cliff notes on it and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read the write-up but let's say it was not positive uh that arizona sun line i came up with milk in the arizona sun that is actually where it was crafted was in that review of a quick snippet of three dollar bill but significant other by limp biscuit the second album well not a good album has moments that like I think the band gets unfairly painted to a degree. I was at Woodstock 99. So that's where like Limp Bizkit's for all started to kind of start to happen. But in together now produced by DJ premier with method man 
is an absolute banger. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Fred Durst can't rap to save his life, but like the, uh, there's there's moments on this album. Uh, the guy from Corn, who again another band that kind of unfairly gets painted with the new metal brush. I think Corn was a decent band. I, th- I say they're better than decent. I actually kind of like Corn as a rap guy, I even like Corn. Uh, there's stuff with Ice Cube I really enjoyed as a youth. But like there's good songs on Significant Other, but like it's peak frat boy music, and Nookie still makes me want to punch like punch Fred Durst in his little annoying whiny face. Also, Break Stuff hasn't aged that well either. I hate that record too. Like that's the song. I was like, never a fan of that song. No, never. look, dude, I'm gonna be blunt. Limp is good as trash. I can say like there's decent songs. Uh, rearranged was a good. Rearranged song. is my favorite Limp Bizkit song. Yeah, it would be up there for me. Like. Boiler, Boiler was a good tune. Okay, well, like I'm not gonna, we're not gonna, uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna put Limp Bizkit on trial here. Uh, if you want to yeah, hear my steal thoughts, your, I'll steal your whole episode. Yeah, I yeah, can't exactly. do that. If, if, if I'm gonna do a whole thing on Limp Bizkit, I, I'll do it with somebody that's actually a fan. So that's the fun part is that me and this guy have it's polar like, opposite tastes in music, right? Like I'm a big hip hop, like postmodern punk rock new wave guy and he's a huge metal guy but he's also heavily into like radio rock like mm. the worst rock like the three doors downs and nickelbacks and stuff he loves that shit mm. so we're gonna clash which should be fun but um at the same time limp biscuit inspired the idea so i wanted to do limp biscuit first that's i gotta get the fuck out of the way. i gotta i got list of five more limp biscuit albums you have any fucking idea how painful that's gonna be for me yeah like i said the um, first three but you you said it three dollar bill y'all wasn't really that good of an album dude it's their like, next album hot dog flavored water chocolate starfish in the hot yeah, dog i mean i call I, I call it the uh, the asshole in the dick album the assholes and dicks album because that's what it is like they think they're being funny but that's what they're talking about is assholes and dicks yep. so it's like and it's got like rolling on it and i think there's like eight versions of rolling and i don't like any <laughs> so that's gonna be tough for me um that's gonna be real tough um and it's my way my way or the highway rolling. that song was good the first time i heard it that was I like it, i think they used it for wrestlemania or something one year yeah man limp biscuit had everybody like they had two or three songs used by wwe and then fucking undertaker used rolling as like yeah, the, yeah. the american badasses yeah undertaker's theme music through those years is really awful it's like it's Kid Rock with his sad but true butchering American badass. Uh, it's Roland. I think it's the Roland assault vehicle version of Roland. I'm not really sure. It could be the fucking Preparation H like warp popper version of Roland. I don't know, man. There's a lot of versions of Roland. There's a P. Diddy version of My Generation by Limp Bizkit, too. Did you know that? No. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I'm learning way too much. That ain't even a B side. That's a C or a D side. <laughs> side. I can't think of anything musically I want to hear less than P. Diddy and Limp Bizkit together. So I can't was, really. This would have been near and around when he did the Godzilla song. So was it just uh, well, like a few years after that? Godzilla is like 97, 98. So maybe he was. I, 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 talk, I was actually I actually talked about that song today. Oddly enough, I brought it up. So I want to talk about this real quick to give you an idea of what kind of like thing we're dealing with here. I was talking about Sad But True and Kid Rock's American Badass, because Sad But True is a Metallica song where Kid Rock just sampled it and made American Badass out of it for those that don't know. And if you do know, maybe you don't know American Badass, maybe you're blessed and don't know these that shitty song. <laughs> but like Sad But True is off Metallica's The Black Album, which is like the highest selling hard rock album of all time. And uh, American Badass is a song by a hepatitis ridden wannabe redneck from Detroit that sucks dicks and not in a good way. So, uh, I mean, look, I, 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 here, here's my hot musical take of it right now. 
Kid Rock is the worst musical artist to ever exist, and no one can tell me otherwise. <laughs> if, if if you want, if you, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with this. His biggest song ever is a song called "All Summer Long," which took uh, American Werewolf from Paris and or American Werewolf from London, sorry, and Sweet Home Alabama, and mashed them together. Like he sampled them both at the same time because they're two very similar songs, and he mashed them together like a cheeseburger, like you know you're making a burger. And then he put a guitar solo by his lead guitarist in the wrong key on the record. So the shit just sounds stupid fucked up. And the drums, the opening drum, if you have put on, go home and put I'm, on. I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Listeners, 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 listen to Steve. This is, this is, what did we call it last time? Was it Steel Statement or Steel yeah, something? It, yeah, yeah the, the, the Statement of Steel. Yeah. But here's a fun thing for you guys to do. Like you might know it already. You might not know this about this song. But if you go home and you or put on your earphones, put on your Spotify, your Apple Music, your Google, YouTube Music. Hopefully you don't use that service because it's terrible. But if you do, it's fine. Use Deezer, use YouTube, whatever you need to do. Go find All Summer Long by Kid Rock. And if you notice the very opening of the drum, it opens with a drum solo. But the opening drum solo is the exact same opening drum solo from Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Because nothing Kid Rock can do can be original. He is just a flea bag of a completely creatively bankrupt piece of shit. And um, fuck that guy. And uh, fuck American Badass. Fuck Cowboy. Fuck Ba Wada Ba Dicky Dicky and the Boo Boo, whatever the fuck that song was. Fuck everything he ever did. Fuck that song Picture with Cheryl Crow because that shit was awful too. But I, honestly, if I had to pick a shit Chris Rock, Kid Rock song, that would probably be my favorite. Or I was going to say, it, it, you have to give that song some credit. Somehow, some way, the man found Elaine. Did in he? A, in, well, maybe she did and he rode. You know Cheryl what I'm saying? Crow, Cheryl Crow was a god. Cheryl, she, or, she, I, I, I would listen to Cheryl Crow on repeat for days. Oh, man, me too. Me too. Yeah, no. Um, but like, you ever notice in that song? Like, you, you probably would never notice this, but like, I'm gonna give you a little play of some of Kid Rock. Kid Rock always has this weird way of like he just kind of yells a point in the song. He just goes like out of nowhere, and uh, like it's really funny in picture because he's like, "Ah, we're gonna drink you away," and it just comes out of nowhere, and you're like, "Bro, the song didn't call for this." And then would like every time karaoke, depending on how late the song is, is when everybody in the crowd sings that fucking. I, I, I I'm so grateful right now. Thank you, by the way. Give me a great segue here. I'm so grateful. I've never been in any karaoke bar where someone started singing Kid Rock. Oh, we're probably gonna have to. You've like, never dated somebody that worked at the Ale House. <laughs> oh, I, worked at the house. I was what? a bouncer at the ale house back in the day way back like 2007 2008 i was a bouncer at the ale yeah house. shit that's just after i started dating mary good lord that's so hilarious here, here's I put a just mr so you know proudy and all them guys i used to i don't remember yeah but you yeah this is back when this is back when ryan jimmo rest in peace oh yeah and rest in peace man yeah. you messed me up when you told me he passed away Oh I'll my never god, it was you that. that didn't know he was dead, right? We're not gonna Bro, get- you gonna fucked go. me up all the way when yeah, you told me that, I, man. Because I yeah, remember he, I just he'd been dead for years too. That was the worst yep. part. Like, yeah. Totally went under my radar. And I that, like I don't miss shit. I I never miss anything like that. And I knew him personally. So it was just yeah. like you caught me way off with that, man. Rest in rest in peace, man. And I, I thought about him a lot actually with this fight league Atlantic getting off the ground, man. How happy he would like to see some solidified mixed martial arts combat sports, hopefully. 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 I remember, I remember watching TJ fight right before he saw his last fight before he signed with the UFC over in like the Dartmouth Sportsplex. Just he tapped the guy out in like three minutes. I don't know what it was. And then, it, but I also saw TJ's first fight in the UFC in Montreal. So, oh, tough. Yeah. 
No, uh, TJ, I, think, TJ. I think his first fight in the UFC was Rio Chonin, if I'm not mistaken. I think and, so. Yeah. Yeah. He won. Yeah. I, I was at that fight, but yeah, I'm not trying to ease into your MMA stuff because I haven't watched the sport in years, but I was, I was at both those events. Listen, man, Grant. I hear he's back here now too. So good the, for him. The TJ run was fantastic. It was a lot ended. of fun. Yeah, man. I, I honestly, I talked to Jay Brew about it all the time. Like, and I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times on my show too. Uh, a buddy of mine, Adam Piercy used to train with him regularly. and you can almost like, I want somebody to write that movie, maybe even make it a little more dramatic at the end. If you have to, like maybe TJ story ends with like something a little more dramatic, but like that is a movie that like just maybe he can get that kickback. Maybe that's how he makes some money on the back end. Cause like, that's just, it's, it's, it's just so fucked up. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, he, it's he got knocked out in training, didn't he? Like he, yep. he hit his head in training and it just ruined his whole career. Concussions are no joke, man. People, no people joke. like to, people like to watch pro sports and assume these people are supermen, but like but could um, you imagine that movie? Like first six fights, like five, six fights, record split. Don't know if you're gonna make it, but the promoter loves you. I mean, because Dana fucking loved TJ. That was well, like because he could do it all. TJ was very well versed. Like the thing about TJ is, is for the only reason he was a split weight, he was split at welterweight when he came in was he was too small to be a welterweight. And that was, he was just, I mean, like I, I tell people this all the time is that like, if you're fighting someone and you're around equal skill, cause the skill gap in the UFC is not that high. It, it can be, but like, it's generally not, you're probably like a little bit better. Or maybe you get a bet you're having a better night or you feel a little better physically, but when when everything's about uh, just about even and someone has 10, 15 pounds on you, they're just going to dominate you. Yeah. That's simple. And, and that, that's what happened to him. Like I mean, he fought Dong Young Kim. Like I watched every TJ fight, but then he drops to one fifty five, and all of a sudden he's kind of oversized. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts lacing guys. I remember when, I'll never forget when he knocked out great man. Oh, bro. Like that uh, was like a fucking, like I'm getting kind of goosebumpy again. Cause yeah, I remember the, yeah, I, I, I remember I, the whole bar. Just I, I, I watched it. it in my girlfriend's mom's base, my current girlfriend, and we just started dating. And again, I was at I was there when GSP took the title back from Sarah, right back in like 08. Mm. Uh, I, I was there when Shogun like broke Machida's face and took the title and Machida's undefeated run. I was there when nah, never mind, I wasn't there. I was there when Chuck Liddell got knocked out by Shogun. I was there like when Anderson Silva fought. Like I, I felt big combat sport moments. Like I've been there, but like. The only thing that rivals the TJ Grant knocking out Gray Maynard because I didn't think he'd beat Gray Maynard because Gray Maynard was like a high level contender right up until that fight. Yep. And when he knocked him out, it felt like it felt like the whole like province one, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it felt like bro. All one. Like, I, I don't want to say that because like we have guys like Crosby, McKinnon, and Marshawn who are vastly successful professional athletes. And like, I'm sure there's other ones and guys have made it, you know, but like TJ was like the, by far the most approachable of that bunch. So to like see him like achieving his dreams and like at a high level, like you're gonna fight Ben Henderson next. And that's back when Ben Henderson was the lightweight champion of the UFC. Yeah. It was just like it was surreal because like we're like, what if he wins? Like he could win, he could have won, like he could have beat, like he could beat Ben Henderson. If you could, if you can dust Gray Maynard, you can dust Ben Henderson. Like it, although Ben Henderson have a great chin, I don't know. Like uh, it, it was anything was possible. And the fact that it all just got cut short and he ended up I think he's back now. I don't know, but I think I've seen pictures. Back. I've seen pictures of um, some local folks with him. So I think, yeah, he, well, he, he moved out west for a while. And I think he was a foreman or something like that on mm-hmm. something uh, at a mine or something. But now he's back. I, I'm completely speaking out of my ass. If I'm wrong, I apologize. But um, yeah, and like it's just like it, it's like the what if and what could have been. But like, oh man, it burns me. 
I mean, I don't know how he did financially from it. I, maybe he was fine. Maybe he went and got a better paying gig at West or whatever he did. Because like, you, let's be honest, I got a whole rant about how the UFC pays its fighters. But yeah, TJ Grant's like probably my, I won't say my favorite, my least favorite, I guess you would say. Canadian sports, what if? Like, yeah. It, it bothers me. I, I'd say, yeah, closest, closest to the heart, I suppose, would be the best way to put it. Yeah, it, it, just it's about, the one that haunts yeah. me the most, but like local guys. legit. It does yeah. legit. It, like you said, the, it, it sounds a bit hyperbolic. It does haunt you to an extent. Oh, no, it's TJ. We've had a lot of great talent come out of here, but nobody's actually gotten that close. Um, TJ, Gavin, TJ, Gavin TJ. Tucker up in Newfoundland is probably um, closest we've got to any sort of semblance of a UFC fighter. And God love him. He just got his ass knocked out. And how quick? Like, it was one of the fastest knockouts in UFC history, if not the fastest. Yeah. And his stock completely tanked. So, TJ. you know, what's his story going to be? Like, with TJ, man, it just it hurts because you love to see guys go out either when they want to or, or after the they made the money on their shield or on their shield. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we didn't talk about this because it's so long ago. Like I, I was very critical of Deontay Wilder leading up to his last fight, not in my boxing. And like, I felt like he went out on a shield in that fight and he left nothing out there. Like no yeah. doubts. Like he wasn't there. He was probably never going to win that fight. But you could never look at the – there was no excuses. There was no bullshit after this. Like he went out on a shield and he yeah. fought for the last second. And I don't give a shit who you are or what you think of Deontay. Most of us, I think most people in our circle are wilder people. I was yeah, a wilder guy. Me too. Still yeah. am a wilder guy. But, like, I, I, you know, I was kind of disappointed in him after the last fight. Not because he lost the, the, the drive before that. But because he lost and he blamed his ring entrance attire. And I'm like, dude, you're making excuses. And there's I don't think I hate more making excuses. If you lose, you lose. Take on the chin. Go out, get better and win the rematch. Don't make excuses. But – the performance, like he looked like he was on ice from the second round onward. I think he even he technically kind of knocked Tyson Fury out at one point in time in that fight, but the ref kind of saved it. But I don't want to start any controversies. I feel like that ref had slow counts all night long. So I, I now the one, the one, I don't know if it was the first one or the second one. Wilder encroached. There was a couple of like uh, amateur footage videos from like the crowd people on their. You mean he walked in? Yeah, and the ref, yeah. the ref is obligated to stop the count, and so was the ringside judge. Yeah, and I did enough. not I, know I that until this situation, not- right now. The first, I think, yeah, I think that was the second one because I think the first one, it was like one, two. The, the second, the second one's the disputed one. So, like I, again, I felt the refs counts were slow on Wilder, on Wilder when he was down. So, like, yeah, I'm not- fair. Very I'm fair. not. I'm not casting aspersions or conspiracy theories, right? I, I just think that like the ref had a slow count, and I think you could argue argue Deontay Wilder knocked him out. But I think later in that, like earlier in that fight, I think you could argue that Tyson Fury knocked Deontay Wilder out too. Mm-hmm. I never. It did. doesn't matter. I never. I know it doesn't matter, but I never actually did look up that look that up. What was the uh, what was the final calculation? Was it a clean KO or was it still technical? No, it was a knockout. It was a clean knockout. Fury won by oh, KO. The, the, that fight ending? Yeah, he's face yeah. down. Like, yeah, over. well, no, but I didn't know if... Um, I knew the ref called it off, but I didn't know if the ref actually tried to no, um, do a wellness on him and... and you could barely stand with In a TKO at that point, right? I wasn't... Yeah, I, I suppose that was really dumb of me to even look that up. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. I know I can't hold you up all night. I know they do you have any other further questions before we go? I promoted Really quick. Uh, f- four, but we can make them really quick because I know Let's your answers to I'll three of them will be... Three, I know the answers to three of these will be funny. I'll save the last one for last because I know that this one is close to your heart. Um, 
Ben Simmons, is he in the right or is he in the wrong? I think both sides are wrong. Ooh. I think it's unfair. I feel I think it's unfair what happened to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a professional making $27 million a year. He needs to show up to do his job. The, what, what the Sixers did to him was entirely wrong, and they deserve it. Also, my at least favorite thing about the Ben Simmons narrative, and I'll be quick on this, is that fans have now adopted these players need to be loyal to teams, but teams can mm. fuck players. That's not okay. We need like Daryl Morey is a fucking goof and he fucked this up and it's on Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers to repair the relationship. It's not on Ben Simmons to do that. It is, however, on Ben Simmons to go earn that paycheck. So that's where he's in the wrong. But no, like, yes, passing out of an open dunk in the playoffs in game seven or whatever is stupid and it's bad, but it shouldn't lead to what's happened being publicly dragged by your coach and your general manager like that. Also, it's unfair because the 76ers refused to trade Ben Simmons for anything less than AA plus market value. AA plus market value, they submarined to a C plus market value. Yep. They personally did that. So it's unfair to hold them hostage to. It's a mess. Nobody's right. Everyone's wrong in this situation. But I do, I, I'll always say, support the player almost always so i'm on ben Simmons side here straight up um last quick thing on the nba do you like the new rules the the non-contact stuff does yes. it make for a better brain yes. than basketball yes. so yes, is this does. is this better basketball for you or is it absolutely it, okay absolutely. i hate it i hated the harden effect i i i've probably given james harden hours of rants on podcasts in the past i love that james harden now has to score points like everyone else did and he's not really that good at it all of a sudden so shout out to james harden for trying to adapt his game maybe it's not there anymore but i i love this new basketball i i love that they finally well every sport is like completely bending over to give penalties and cause stupid shit shouts to the nba for trying to at least fix their one major wrong it, it improves the pace of game it's just more fun to watch yeah this is great stuff and the under is back which I was yeah. saying on the trail breakers the other day. I don't even know if you're a gambler. Um, I hit a fucking crazy one today. I hit four horses at a plus 19,500. And uh, let's just say some Christmas gifts will be purchased off of that winning bet. If you will. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you love to see it. I don't know if you're a gambler or not, but give me a story. I try man. not to be good I for you. Good for you. Do you got a story though, whether it's a winner or a loser, something that just made your hair stand on the back of your head, like something, man, give me something. A gambling story? Yeah, bet with a friend, pro line, heartbreak. It's 2007. I'm in the casino. I'm a gambling addict. I play blackjack like a crackhead. I'm at the $100 minimum table that doesn't exist anymore. But back in the, for the older folks that are my our age, or maybe, it actually might not even exist in your drinking age. You're five years younger. Uh, I, you know what? I do remember the high roller room in 2007 and eight, and then they closed it. So I yeah. might have caught the end. Well, of I don't it. think did they close the high roller room. I don't know. Well, no, they only kept high roller poker. So what they did was is they moved the poker to the main room and they okay. put um yeah. the uh the um uh curtain thing around yeah. the two tables in that okay. corner. Yeah. So for those that don't know, the high roller table in 2007 high roller room where it was free drinks and you could smoke in there. So it was like A plus plus. So I go there and what I always do, I hate blackjack. I hate playing blackjack with people that don't know what they're doing. And when you're in a casino, you often get like people like learning how to gamble for the first time. I'm very obsessed with blackjack. So I play the hundred dollar minimum table. So that way, if I make a mistake, it's on me, but I can also be more risky because I'm not risking anyone else's money by being silly. Anyway, I used to clean up, right? Just clean up in there. So one time the, the casino back then had a thing called chase the ace. I remember and, chase the ace, yeah, man. So, so Chase the Ace was come back every week. <laughs> Chase the Ace was like if you could get like a two or three aces or something. Like every ace you got after a certain point was like a certain. I don't remember the exact rules, but I once had a blackjack hand that started with four consecutive aces, and all I had to do was put the dollar over there for the Chase the Ace, <laughs> and I'm drunk because I get free drinks in the, in the, the high rollers room. 
and I didn't put the dollar in because I was too busy talking to somebody or probably hitting on some broad or something. God knows what I was doing. And I missed out on like, I think $380,000 because I forgot to throw the dollar chip in. So that's my gambling story. This is why I don't gamble because I probably hang myself. So yeah, that's my gambling story. You're welcome for bringing up. Thank you for bringing up that trauma. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, come back. Bro, I did not know that that story was going to take that twist. Yeah, it was rough. Um, but don't be wrong. I split all. I, I I split the four aces and I blackjack on both of them at a couple thousand dollars. I was going to say you probably won a it few was, thousand. It wasn't. It wasn't the. It was. I thought I had also gotten the chase the ace payout. I was very excited, but I'd forgotten to throw the dollar in, and they had to remind me. So that's that. Okay, one more question. What else you got? Oh, I almost want to end the show on that because that's fucking yeah, heartbreaking, man. Yeah, we'll make it a happy exit right here. What's the last one? Good God, that's bad. Well, I saw that you were a big fan of. Uh, of of young hova himself jay-z nominated slash inducted inducted no that's why i said inducted nominated slash inducted because i completely forgot he was nominated in the first place and when i saw rock and roll hall of fame i said oh geez jay-z's about to get inducted yeah daniel said tomorrow i said tomorrow and jay-z and ll cool j uh very very happy for hove like I grew up having arguments with Three Doors Down fans telling me that Hove would never age well and that their their band was the best. Well, fuck you guys. But that is um, so random. So yeah, oh yeah, I used to have that argument all the time. Rap will never do this. Rap will do that. You need to listen to real music like Papa Roach. Like yeah, that, that was a real argument I used to have in the late '90s, early 2000s. Hove's like my hero, right? So, um, but I'll, I'm really happy for LL Cool J too because LL Cool J should have probably been the first hip hop inductee into the Hall of Fame, the solo artist. He wasn't, and I think that's super fucked up because LL Cool J is like the original hip hop solo artist. He's not the first one, but he's like the most important. One. Yeah, and you could even argue like Will Smith had jazz. No, so like, yeah, no, 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 no. Literally, LL Cool J LL. is the first. Rock him had Eric or uh, uh yeah, yeah. No, he's the first. Like Rock, bad, my radio smooth. in 1985. He's there's Curtis Brakes before him, but Curtis Brakes does not have a Hall of Fame worthy career. LL yeah, cool is the yeah. First. And that, that's always so I'm happy LL got into. LL should have been the first one. I think it's fucked up. Peter he wasn't. Pete, I mean, this is. Oh no! Yeah, even KRS. KRS is way later. Trust no. me, I know this. LL Cool J is the first one. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to run it through my head right now. I'm like, no, even KRS is. Yeah. Years later, yeah. LL is the first. Everyone was a group or a posse. So the fact, I think Tupac was the first solo rapper inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it should have been LL Cool J. No disrespect to Tupac, of course, but yeah. So that's it. That's where I'm going to end this. It was that's my feelings on the matter. I'm not even a huge LL Cool J fan. He just historically speaking, he belongs. Yeah. That's it. So what is it about Hove? We'll finish off on this one. What is no, it about he's, Hove? He's, he's, been, he's been my hero since I was 13 years old. So I don't really know what else to say. Like, I, Hove's like, like start come from nothing, make everything motif like the the. The starting out as like a mafioso rapper and then a bling bling rapper to like uh, getting old is not so bad for a rapper thing that he had in the like late aughts and early 2000s and stuff like that to like bestowing financial advice and like saying don't don't be like me I was an idiot and instead of like you know instead of buying a bunch of v12 cars maybe invest in property and like things that appreciate in value instead of depreciate in value the fact he's been come full circle to like you know from being young, ignorant, rich dude talking about drinking champagne, growing a belly to like, no, this is how you invest your money and take care of yourself and provide for your future. It's just a super cool thing to me. I've seen him live a few times. I just, I can recite Hove lyrics all day long. He's, he's my favorite. He wouldn't be my favorite. I think if Biggie lived, but Biggie didn't live. So Hove's my favorite. 
Straight up, straight up. What's the name of the new show, brother? Tell the people at home stick, again. Stick to the hits. It. Uh, I'm gonna be recording the first episode probably the end of next week. Exciting. And when can the people uh, look forward to hearing I'll, that? I'll, I'll probably have it up the following Monday. Wicked, brother. I'm excited because like you never told me anything. Like I've. Oh no, because you never answered me. I was like, I, I gotta talk. I gotta talk about this later. I'll we'll probably have a call tomorrow, but not on an episode. I, I, I'm gonna need your input on some things. So like, I've been talking to Anthony. I'm gonna use you too because you guys, okay. guys run podcasts. I'm just a guy to talk shit on them. So it's, <laughs> it's a very different. Be, well, being the producer is a different story. Let's let's do this again tomorrow night without recording. We'll just chat for a few minutes and. Uh, I would appreciate that very much, sir. Yes, bro. I'm down for sure. All, All right, the man. best. Thanks for having me once again. I yes, appreciate let me, thanks for let me plug my own show on here, even though we're not even going to be remotely competing with each other. But I <laughs> and I, I ditto. Thank you for giving me your time, brother. And tell the lady I apologize for keeping you probably about a half hour longer than I intended. <laughs> I think she's going to be okay. To you, right? <laughs> I love you, bro. Good luck with the show, man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Good luck with yours, too. Cheers, bro. And cut. All right, bro. You're the man. Thank you. Um, no this will be out tomorrow. I just do a render and push. I only have to, I think, edit out one little piece of that yeah the, the, i'm gonna like do a beep over 109 what yeah. else did i have to edit was there something i had to edit just, just my drop of 109 i think is the only thing you did. i think it was my the only thing at the end and that was about it i didn't hear that yeah. between my son and the fan and me and everybody just loves that people like the thing that people liked about it at the beginning was that i refined it but now people are loving the raw shit the last like kind of 10 11 episodes where they hear the coughs and the sneezes and the mistakes and it just makes fun. I called and actually, you know what? I didn't mention this during the show. I should have. Um, I called Oasis a local band by accident on my last episode and thought about you instantly. <laughs> you know who I meant to say? Uh, Sloan. You know, what's funny about that is that I, I call uh, I make fun of Sloan all the time for being like <laughs> Oasis. Oasis. Yeah. And everyone's like, there's no similarity to Oasis and Sloan whatsoever. My buddy, I'm doing the podcast. It's, it's true. It's true. But you're right. You can automatically, accidentally, Oasis and Sloan. Sloan stole Oasis's whole look. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah, but... early Sloan sounded like when Oasis was trying to get progressive Rocky. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And Oasis got shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that reminds me of what Sloan ended up actually basing and getting pretty successful off of their sound. But I, it reminded me of you. I had to tell you. I completely forgot to tell you on the air. I'll tell you what 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 minute of the episode it was, so you can listen back because I didn't even I didn't even correct myself. I just fucking fucked up. It was great. Oh, All right, brother. Great local Manchester uh, City uh, <laughs> band from Halifax, Oasis. All right, man. I gotta go though. I'll talk to you later. You and the lady have a great night, brother. You too. Bye bye. Peace.